warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Horror. A shivering, shaking fear caused by something frightful or shocking. And that movie disturbed me. It got wretchingly difficult to sit through. It was. Etc. Extra things. Unusual additions. We're actually doing man versus nature. Versus no, no. Man. What? We're doing nature versus man. Sorry. Horror Etc. Podcast. As always, I am Tony. And I'm Ted. We are doing our superhero spectacular corpse clawing its way out of the ground. Ted has Frankenstein on the brain. Vampires and werewolves are all about sex and savagery. The zombie beats that out by personifying our deepest fear, which is death. But certainly with Jaws, you know, we saw this crossover where, again, you know, a horror film can find mass appeal and critical acclaim. The Horror Etc. Podcast. All things in the world of horror and beyond at horroretc.com. Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Hi, this is Beefy Beef Thompson, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show. everybody welcome to episode 47 of the bone bat show this is steve and this is gord how you doing man dude i'm doing good yeah how are you doing not shabby not shabby i didn't realize it but man i have been missing out on this whole technological smartphone thing i've joined the masses <laughs> i'm pretty happy i can text and play games and wear out a phone battery in no time flat now i've got <laughs> 
so, finally got a real phone. Uh, I've noticed you bugging the shit out of me at all hours. With you've been challenged at Uniwar. Yeah, <laughs> I only challenged you twice. Uh, well, we played yeah, the first but, game, I crushed you, and then I started the second game. Is that game, game even over? I couldn't bear to look. So what, <laughs> what did you end up buying? See, here's the thing. I got the HTC Incredible. It's the one you see all the commercials for. You can't, you cannot walk past a Verizon store without seeing them pimping this phone with great big gigantic posters. I've never, it's got the, I've never heard of it. I've heard of a Droid. Well, Droid is the operating system it uses. Oh, so okay. just like there's you know Macintosh and then PCs that use Windows, there's iPhones which use whatever that is, and then there's all the rest of the phones that use Android. Okay, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't aware of that. I knew, you know, iPhone has its own proprietary system, and the Motorola Razor has whatever it has, and I didn't realize that Android was a uh, operating system on different kinds of phones from different companies. So it's like yeah, open, yeah. it's like open source. Uh, I don't know, you know what, I don't know if it's open source or not, but it's something that, it's not as closely guarded by, you know, trolls as the iPhone <laughs> stuff is. Got it. Like, I think you can, pretty much anyone can make a, an Android phone without uh, a lot of pain. Okay, so you like it? Dude, I totally like the phone, but I'll tell you what, buying the phone was a trial. Because I, I figured out what phone I wanted, and then I went to the Verizon store, and the first store I went to, like, I want to buy the phone, I want the HTC Incredible, and the guys were just, were complete schlongs about it. <laughs> they were just way too busy doing, like, I don't know what they were doing, playing quarters or something. And that was, like, the only customer in the store. One of the guys finally comes around the counter, he's like, oh, okay, here's the phone, he hands me some totally not the HTC incredible phone. So now that's, that's not it. And he was just like, well, uh, I don't know what you expect me to do. I was like, they didn't even work there. I was totally freaking blown away. They, they didn't know what the phone was or have any idea how much it cost or anything. So then I went to the other Verizon store and that guy was like just a total dick. He, you know, the, the snobby French waiter, that was the guy. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> you want what? I'm just uh, that phone's not available for a very long time, sir. Dude, like 90% of the window to your store is taken up with a big display of the HTC Incredible. It's like that, that, the big phone you're advertising. Can I buy it, please? He wouldn't even let me order it. <laughs> Seriously. Good. I mean, I like, I took out my credit card. I said, okay, you don't have it in stock. I'd like to order. Well, it's just not. I, I don't think it's, it's not going to be available for some time. It totally. So how'd you get the phone? Shit. I went to the third store. I, I didn't even go in. I went to the third Verizon store, and I called them. I called them on the phone. I said, "Hey, I want to buy this phone." Because oh, we don't have it in stock, but I get it for you tomorrow. Like, oh, okay. Um, uh, here's my phone number. I'm a cu- I'm a customer with Verizon. Due for a contract rehab. He's like, oh, okay. Let me look you up. Yeah, you get fifty bucks off that phone. We'll have it for you tomorrow. Sweet. Next next day he calls me. Sir, I'm really sorry. It's gonna. It's not in today. It'll be here tomorrow. You know what? It fucking was. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So I got the phone. But if one of our fans happens to be uh, managing Verizon stores in Davis, you need a serious heart to heart with your employees. Because at one store, they're way too busy playing with themselves to do anything else, and at the other store, they're total dicks, yeah. and nobody's selling phones. I've kind of noticed, you know, my few experiences buying cell phones that there is an inherent douchiness in the whole process. 
What is it with that? I don't know. It's it's weird, but yeah, I, I've noticed that too. It, you know, there's there's there's, there's, a, there's a certain you know technological elitism of you know oh you you don't know what you want and you don't know how this works and I'm certainly not going to be one to tell you you know that sort of thing. I guess so, but I went to the AT and T store and I had the total opposite experience. The guide's like, "Well, do you want a Droid or an incredible or a iPhone?" I said, well, "I I think I want a Droid, but what do you got?" And man, he showed me everything. I lean, I started leaning towards the Droid. He showed, he was like excited about the technology. Well, well so why didn't you buy it from him? Well, because he can't use the HTC Incredible on AT and T. Oh, okay. Which totally bummed me out because I would have loved to give that guy my business, yeah, so to speak. Bye. But uh, no. I got the HTC Incredible. Apparently, I can shoot movies and do about a thousand different things I'll never be able to do with the phone. <laughs> and I, I'll, I can send texts to my wife and receive texts from my wife, which I think is going to be the major form of communication in my relationship now. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad you got that worked out. Yeah. And man, these things burn through batteries like nobody's business. Really? How long does the battery last in there? Well, I put a fresh new battery in when we started this podcast, and it's already dead. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, my, so, my iPod only lasts a day, essentially. If I if I listen to stuff a full work day, uh, it'll it'll pretty much be like down to a quarter, and i got to recharge it the next day. Hmm. I never listen to my iPod long enough to find out how much battery it has. Yeah. So, dude, music. Dude, what are we, speaking of things we, we stick in our ears, what are we listening to? Tonight, we're listening neat. to Beefy, the nerdcore rapper. We are so excited. We are listening to his music. The uh, song that we opened with is called None of Your Business from the brand new CD with Sprinkles, which uh, we mentioned on the last show. We did. And now you're listening to it. And we're now just you're listening like that. to it. Yeah. So we're going to be pumping a whole bunch of beefy through your speakers. And we're actually going to meet up with him in about 20 minutes for an interview. So I hope you what? enjoy that. Yeah. A live wow. interview. Gord's actually going to join me for an interview for once. My God. Freaking I'm not sweet. sure if I can handle this. So, dude. Dude. What pisses you off? You know what pisses me off? Yeah. You know what pisses me off? I want to know what pisses you off. This show, this podcast right now pisses me no, off. No, this show does not piss you off. It does. I'm pissed. Because I I managed to finally sit down with my brand new video game, Blur. Just got it today, but I couldn't play it because I was at work. And then I had to do the single dad thing because my wife's off elsewhere. So I had to take care of the kids and do the homework and make dinner and then help them with the, the spelling words and read him stories and get him into bed and I finally take out my brand spanking new game and I put it in and I look at the clock and it's time to start podcasting god damn it <laughs> so it's like that's what pisses me off so it was like game us interrupt us it was I barely even got the four <laughs> game play pun that would be funny if I was funnier <laughs> yeah yeah, I'll let you know how it is. I'm sorry, like, dude. After the show. I do have a show related with something that pisses me off, though. This is the yeah. like, second show. I'm getting ready to do the show, getting ready to sit down and record with you. And all of a sudden, I find there's no liquor in the house. Oh! Like, usually, you know, I got a six-pack on ice ready to go, or I've got a bottle of rum for rum and coke, or I've got something ready to go. And it, nothing but, like, 
you know, little bits of empty bottles. So I ended up making a drink. So I ended up making a drink of like flat seven up from when I was sick. Uh, (laughs) Some kind of cheap vodka we had and uh, like a couple of fingers of of, uh, peach schnapps. So it's this this weird kind of semi fruity concoction that's probably going to kick me in the dick. So. Frankly, I'd rather have tap water. <laughs> but that's not that's not my main what pisses me off. So last week, you know, I like I like the Swedish death metal. You do. I go to the metal shows. I do this. And so uh, last week I went and saw Hypocrisy, who's the Swedish death metal band I've been wanting to see for a long time. Uh, I actually, I think way back in like episode 37 or something like that, I bitched because they had canceled their last tour. And I went oh, to the yeah, show. I vaguely recall you saying that before I fell asleep in the middle of your death metal rant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so they finally come to back to town. And so I'm All there right. at the show, um, and I'm doing my review thing. So I'm digging the music. The music's fucking great. It's so good to finally see him after being a fan for like a decade. To finally see this band. I'm taking pictures, and I try to be a polite guy at concerts, you know? So I, yeah. I'm standing by the corner of the stage, and these two little girls, you know, come up. They're probably, I don't know, early 20s, maybe late teens, something like that. And so they, they want to move. Goddamn world. They got to move closer to this. They want to move close to the stage. And I'm a tall guy, so I'm like, yeah, no sweat. You know, you're standing in front of me by the stage. I can take pictures over your head. Not a problem. So then, not five minutes later, this big, tall, drunk dickhead, who's one of the girl's boyfriends, comes up and, like, it starts, like, just groping the piss out of her. Right in front of me. Well, I'm trying. I mean, he's got his hand down her front. I- I'm nice. pretty sure there was. Classy. I'm pretty sure there was penetration. <laughs> and there, she's totally sucking face. And I'm just like, what a dick. You know, get a room. I'm trying to take pictures here for my review. Well, he's and trying to give you something to take pictures of. Yeah, go get laid. Nobody's saying don't. But you don't need to do it right fucking here in front of me. And Plus, so he, he it makes so... it difficult to explain to your wife when you get home when the, there's jizz stains on your pants. Yeah, and it's they're not, not mine. And it's not mine. That only jizz. makes it worse. Yeah, it's just terrible. So anyway, that that totally pissed me off. The guy finally wandered off somewhere, and I was able to enjoy the end of the show and the encore in peace. But that totally pissed me off. Why do people have to act like douchebags at concerts? You I don't think know. They, they act pay... like douchebags everywhere. Right, you pay Last money. Night, I went to. A Baskin Robbins like school fundraiser thing, and there's about 860 zillion elementary school kids running around getting ice cream with their parents. Couldn't be a more wholesome situation. Okay. And there is this like six foot nine drunk ass frat boy standing up on the corner across the street, bellowing at his friend. Just, hey, Trevor, don't be such a fucking bitch. Get over here, you bitch fucking shit. (laughs) Really? Do you not see all these little children running around? Is it? It's like 4.30 in the afternoon, dude. Yeah. I hate everyone. Yeah, I, 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 that that is a pet peeve of mine. That you know, somebody who will unthink. I mean, I you know, I'll screw up and swear in front of a kid now and again. I just and I feel sw- so, I'm sheepish. I'm apologetic and I feel bad about it. But some yeah. people are just like completely oblivious to the fact that what they're doing is just socially fucked up. Yeah. Even at my my worst in college, I I was conscious of at least I attempted to be aware of you know young years and not being a total crude lunatic in front of children. Right. 
sensory restraining order now. <laughs> yeah. You got anything else that pisses you off? No, really. That's that's what pisses me off in a nutshell. All right. Well, how about a political rant? I got a political rant. It is it is almost time for the primary out here in California. We're gonna have ourselves a little election and then another little election because God knows we love to have elections. And I I got my Republican Party ballot here to vote for who I want to run for governor, and it's great because some of these guys they're just nuts. My favorite one this year though is Bill Chambers, a guy named Bill Chambers running for governor. He's got the second shortest candidate statement, and I'll read it to you. It's great. Okay. Stop the control that corporations, special interest groups, unions, and individuals have on our politicians and restore the power to California voters. Less taxes, less spending, less government. Yeah! I love that guy. He's just like, yeah! you can tell he's, he's just, he's a nut. <laughs> Because he, he writes two, I mean, I think they'll give you like a page and a half, but the guy that's even more concise than him is Al Ramirez. For information, visit www.alramirez.com. <laughs> that's great. But really, my best one, my favorite one, where did he go? Here it is. My number one favorite candidate to read about is Mr. Douglas Hughes, who starts his statement off by saying, as your governor... I will ensure, this is this is how he leads it. As your governor, I will ensure all pedophiles will leave the state or volunteer to live confined to Santa Rosa Island at no cost to Californians, as they will have their own self-supporting village away from children. So that's his entire platform. No, but that's his first <laughs> sentence of it. Which, Pretty much you know all. what? That's yeah. a great idea, but it's never, ever, ever going to happen. It's not practical at all and it's crazy if you're gonna go to crazy town i mean why stop at the suburbs why not just have an island that you take all the pedophiles and you dump them on it and then like there's a big incinerator on the island and you burn them for energy or something it's <laughs> or why not use all the pedophiles to plug the hole in the oil well dude better yet yes as your governor i will send all the pedophiles <laughs> to the gulf of mexico they're non-toxic. Probably better than that dispersant. Through exactly. That's what I'm saying. The dispersant is toxic. At least the, you know, pedophiles yeah. are non-toxic. So. And there, here's a Robert Newman, the second. He leads with, I am a Christian living by the principles of God's word. And word is capitalized. I speak the truth and I am responsible, reliable, dependable. He's another one of these guys. You know, you, you meet him and he's just, Grr! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Veins standing out on his neck and forehead. Yeah. <laughs> Shakes your hand and just like crushes it in his nice. amphetamine powered fist. I don't know for a fact that Robert C. Newman II does amphetamines. I'm not saying he does. I'm just saying that's how I perceive him based on his statements. <laughs> so I got no political rant. I'm just enjoying. I wish I could get like the propaganda. I probably could online for, for all the parties because the Democrats, I'm sure, are boring as shit. But, uh, you know, like the Libertarians and the Peace and Freedom guys and all those, they probably have some pretty fun ones running in the primary as well. I'm sure. But that would require effort on my part. I don't really make an effort to do much of anything. Well, it's good to see someone taking so much joy in the political process. I am. Thursday. I'm enjoying it. All right. And uh, we actually have a little bit of feedback today. I love it. Feedback. 
First off, I want to thank Vaughn from Motion Picture Massacre, who sent over a couple of cool things. The <laughs> promised grotesque DVD. Oh, good. Which is a torture porn film of the highest quality, I'm given to believe. Now, uh-huh. Vaughn, Vaughn really thinks that to, to do this film proper, that we both should review it on the show. Oh, Meaning no. I should watch it and then send it to you. So I just really, need to get you no to sign off. Porn. Well, yeah, but you had no I- interest in zombie rape either, but you jumped all over that shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> the phone's I'm for- still dealing with the aftermath of that terrible <laughs> the ph- film. The phone's for you, cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> you watch one zombie rape film. <laughs> <laughs> But he also sent me a really cool book called Portable Grindhouse, The Lost Art of the VHS Box. It comes in a little slipcase, and it's just a bunch of, like, old, awesome, great VHS covers. That sounds pretty cool. It's freaking cool. How about I look at that instead of watch that other thing? No, I think you need to watch the torture porn. Oh, God. (laughs) But you can watch it on double speed through your fingers if that'll help. (laughs) What? You can watch it on double speed through your fingers, if that'll help. Okay. That's what I thought you said. Uh, I, you got that, Vaughn. That was an okay. So, All right. And then second of all, <laughs> we have a letter. A letter? Letters from Benza in Germany. Benza. Yeah, no, I, I've corresponded with this guy via email back and forth for a bit. He seems like a pretty cool guy, or he's a stalker and cannibal. I'm not sure which. <laughs> well, here's, here's what Benza has to say. Hey, Steve. Bonebat46 was rather mediocre, in my opinion. (laughs) Thank you for that. This is honest. The music was really cool, though. Actually, that's the exact opposite of all my previous revisions. The optimum length for a Bonebat episode really seems to be somewhere in between 70 and 90 minutes. 60 minutes is too short to grow into. Two hours is too long to keep up the attention. The net talk radio time is about 60 minutes anyway, mostly. So he wants more mediocrity? He wants you to conform to a schedule. But but he wants, he's saying the show's mediocre, and then he wants more of that. No, no, he's saying that I that particular feel bad. show is oh, mediocre. Okay. Yeah, but the timing, know. I mean, like, like the, the actual form, not so good. Function, very good. So what he's concerned right about is, is, is he really needs more length from us. It's not the girth he's after. <laughs> All right. And then uh, he also says that he has a request. He would like us to do a Europe episode. Everything that we can tell. With that shitty band in the 80s? No, the not final that. Final countdown. How long can we ride this? That was pretty funny. Okay. So, my request is to do a Europe episode. Everything you can tell that connects you to and that reminds you of Europe. I do know personally that you have quite some followers in Europe, excluding me. I bet you might have more followers here than in Mexico. Bash it, trash it, honor it, whatever. Also, he offers to uh, join us on the show sometime. So we'll keep okay. that in mind. Thank you. So Europe. Okay, Europe. Europe. So here's what we know about Europe in a nutshell. All right. Are you ready, Gord? I'm ready. You got a list? I got a list. Sweet. You got a list. You should have the same list. I've got the it's list. It's right a list of, of European countries. It took me seconds to look this up. It's probably marginally accurate, and it's probably changed since uh, <laughs> since I printed this thing up. But let's go. All right, let's do this. Albania. Okay, first of all, it's pronounced Alabama, and it's not in Europe, <laughs> it's in the South. <laughs> nice fucking list. Andorra. 
Okay, Andorra is one of those itty bitty countries. It's like just a dot on the map. It's between France and Spain, I think. It's it's offshore banking without the inconvenience of having to deal with the ocean is what Andorra is all about. The country's roughly the size of a pack of duty-free cigarettes. And it's also uh, Samantha's mother on Bewitched. Oh, you're right. Thank you. Armenia. Armenia, yeah. Their major industries include uh, Turk bashing and genocide denial denial. All I know is that eating seeds is a pastime activity. No, oh. nothing. Nothing. It's a system of a down lyric, dude. <laughs> you get bonus points for that. Though. Thank you. Austria. That's yeah, Germany light. <laughs> home of Vienna, crepes with jelly, and classical music. Uh, and the uh, the original home of our current governor out here in California. Azerbaijan. Did I say that right? I thought, that was, I thought that was the name of the Iranian president. Belarus. Okay, Belarus. That's pretty Russian. They say, they, they call it Belaruski, I believe. And I was told by a genuine resident of that country that they lost a quarter of their male population in World War II. And then right afterwards, they got taken over by the Soviets. <laughs> so their national slogan is rat fucked for 70 years and still growing strong. They're... <laughs> I've, I have tremendous sympathy for, for Belarus, man. They, they, need, they need to get a good bounce eventually. Okay. How about uh, Belgium? I know Belgium as the home of fine chocolate and mediocre home defense. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you forgot their other major industry, which would be uh, lace. Chocolate and lace. Really? I've been to Belgium. I've actually spent some time in Brussels. The people there are really, really nice. Like Stepford nice <laughs> they're so nice it's just a little creepy belgium waffles too oh yeah yeah and is they you know what they call french fries in belgium call them belgian fries <laughs> fries royale <laughs> fries because the metric system right no bosnia and herzegovina yeah that's interesting because we fought the, we fought with the iranians there not against we fought with the iranians there think about that Bulgaria. Uh, the only the only I know about Bulgaria is caviar. They make caviar there, <laughs> so like the Bul- good stuff that you can't even buy in the United that's States. That's beluga, isn't it? Oh shit! I thought that was a whale. Croatia. It's like the Middle East, but without the sand. Cyprus. Now that's an island. I know that much. Yeah, you know, it's not just a tree. <laughs> now the Czech Republic, you may not know this, but it's actually a part of it was Bohemia, which is the, the where the Holitz family originally hails. And where the Rhapsody came from. Exactly. Oh. Now Denmark. Yeah, Czech- what about Denmark? Denmark. Den set. Den go! All I know is that something is rotten. Yes. Yes. Hamlet. <laughs> Hamlet reference there. We get Nerdcore, we get Shakespeare in the same damn episode. Estonia? Estonia. It's next to Westonia. Next. <laughs> Finland. Well, I know that it's peopled exclusively by trolls, Lake Bodum serial killers, and Lordy. <laughs> According to the Top Gear guys, Finland is the home of the best race car drivers in the world. Probably because they grew up driving on ice, so like driving in a rally on dirt is no big deal for them. I don't know. I didn't know that. Now, what about France? France is an awesome country, the only country I know of that's been losing wars consistently for 4,000 years and is still a country. It's, I don't know how they do that. It's the home of the cheese-eating surrender monkey. Yeah. They can yep. cook, and the French can cook any part of any animal and make it taste good. In butter and cream. Exactly. All right, what about Georgia? 
Georgia, Georgia, the former breadbasket of the USSR. That was their old role. Their current role is being the number one supplier of pop-up targets for this Russian military. Germany. Germany. Yeah, I can't say anything about Germany because, you know. <laughs> what I know about Germany, great beer. Love great a, beer. Love soccer. They've got the passion play there in Oberammergau. Uh, I know that everyone in Frankfurt smokes. <laughs> I know that they have they make some of the finest automobiles in the world and with that yeah, that, see, they make good shit that brilliant technology they're also able to create jeans that have absolutely no ass in them <laughs> what are you doing wearing German jeans don't you remember we had like five foreign exchange students from Germany and they all had assless jeans and I don't mean like assless like shaps I mean they're like they're just cut straight down it's the oddest fucking thing Wow. You'd think they'd have better technology with when it comes to gene work. Yeah, ask gene technology. They need to pick something up from somebody else. I think Germany may be one of the few places in Europe where the people actually work (laughs) instead of, like, (laughs) attend an office or a factory in between long vacations. (laughs) Greece. Greece. Uh, An ancient country. They invented democracy, algebra, and butt-fucking. (laughs) <laughs> don't forget olympics the euro and they really love iced earth there also dolmas are shitty no matter what you do with them no, i don't know man, what your deal great. is dolmas fucking suck you've God, been trying to push dolmates booger and... <laughs> you've been trying to push dolmas on me since like 10th grade yep. and they're fucking atrocious one day you you will learn to love the dolma hungry hungry it is situated in the exact center of where everyone marches to invade everybody else. <laughs> and they're not only hungry, they're nerds. They make delicious chicken. <laughs> chicken paprika. That's right. Iceland. Yeah, nice volcano, assholes. <laughs> A marketing ploy to protect themselves from Vikings. Yeah, it seems to be working. Very few vol- Viking attacks since the volcano. Ireland, home of, Ireland. Sh- home of I- Shepherd's I- Pie, Guinness, and fucking Bono. Who just, like, hurt his back and had to cancel the U2 tour. What an old bastard he is. <laughs> Did he hurt it sucking his own dick? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's actually what happened. <laughs> Italy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still laughing at that visual. Italy. Italy has the greatest PR department in history. These <laughs> these people killed Jesus, yet somehow passed the blame on to the Jews. I don't know how you managed that one, but way to go, Italy. I know it's shaped like a boot. It's the home of pasta, Venice, and the mafia. Yeah, and uh, there's some, some islands there, Sicily and uh, the other one. <laughs> With the water all around it. <laughs> See, we fucking know Europe. Kosovo. We know Europe. Kosovo, isn't that a city? Is that? That's. I don't where, even that's, think that's a country. Like address and that's where Slobodan Milosevic lives. That's lived. Oh, okay. That's all I got. Slobodan Milosevic, Kosovo. Latvia. Okay, that's where uh, I'm pretty sure Doctor Doom had his castle there. <laughs> Very good. Liechtenstein. Okay, Liechtenstein is a lot like Andorra with, with electricity. So Liechtenstein, I know it's the world's smallest country, and they have a circus which visited my elementary school back in the day. Wow. I know something. Lithuania. Wait, wait a minute. Maybe this is where Dr. Doom had his castle. <laughs> Luxembourg. 
Luxembourg isn't actually a country. It's an intricately crafted diorama. <laughs> Out of cheese? Yes. <laughs> Macedonia. I know that Philip came from there. Yeah, and they named the nuts after it. You know, Macedonia nuts. Right. <laughs> Malta. I like chocolate Malta. Now, the only thing I know about Malta is that the singer from Crocus is from Malta. Yeah, that's right. Like Mark Storacci? Is that his name? Oh, I, you you beat me. But I don't know. But yeah, he was he was Maltese, like the Falcon. Yeah. Fact. He's Falcon Maltese. Fact, bitches, know it. Moldova. <laughs> <laughs> Moldova. I tried so hard. I don't know how to make a mold joke out of this. Wait, there's one in there. Monaco. Okay, Monaco, you, unless you can literally shit money, don't even bother showing up in Monaco. And they're big on racing. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, they race like expensive cars through expensive streets and are watched by expensive women. Montenegro, the home of the ballpoint pen. Yeah, that's Mont Blanc. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the Netherlands, home of Dutch porn, Dutch pat, think... <laughs> <laughs> Dutch masters, and a boy once put his finger in a dike there. Yeah, she liked it. I think people from Netherlands are called Netherlands, right? <laughs> I think so. Norway, the home of burning churches, good hockey, and black metal. Uh, their major industries are cell phones. And cod. Now, coincidentally, <laughs> I spent about an hour today with someone who just returned from a month in Norway. Yes. And, and I learned the most bizarre factoid. I cannot get my American mind around this. That, like, pretty much the country shuts down every time they have a holiday or a Sunday. Like, the, you just can't do anything. Everything's closed. But if you work, like, more than 35 hours a week, according to my friend... Like, any money you make after that 35th hour is pretty much just taxed away. Like, you get your job, and you're allowed to work X and no freaking more. And if you take a side job or anything, like you want to earn some extra money, the government just goes, nah, nah, or get too hard. And they, they just they remove that, that money from you by taxes. Jeez. Well, see, that's why they have so much time to make black metal. Yeah, and pastries. I guess they're really big on pastries there. Because they got all this spare time. Because why work? Why not make a pastry? I don't know. Fantastic. So Poland, home of the Polish sausage and hard-to-turn light bulbs. <laughs> Turn the other way. <laughs> Put the chair down. You and your three friends. Poland, I always see, is the steely upraised middle finger to the Soviets. I just, Very God nice. bless the Poles. Portugal. Portugal. Here's something I think about. Portugal at one time was a superpower. Portugal was a superpower. Think about that next time you get all arrogant about being a United States citizen superpower because one day we could be Portugal. And now it's Spain's lumpy little brother? Yeah. Romania. Uh, I don't know. Transylvania. The yeah. ancestral home of Vlad Tepish. Is that uh, is that also the ancestral home of the, the Romani, the gypsies who now don't really have a home? I think so. All right. But just going by name. Russia's not even in fucking Europe. It's in Asia. Why is it on this list, jerk off? They used to own half the place. Maybe that's why it's on the list. If it's not in risk, I don't count. Okay. Where is it in risk? Is it in Europe? Uh, I don't think there's one called Russia in risk. There's like Ural and... Kamchatka. Kamchatka, yeah. But is there a Russia in risk? I don't know. 
That's my book. San Marino. That's a neighborhood in Southern California. I don't know why it's on this list. Serbia. Oh, you see Serbia, Slovakia, Slovenia. No, no, no. Don't, don't combine those place? all together. Slovakia, Slovenia is actually a typo. Because the only difference between that and Slovakia is two letters. <laughs> and Serbia, that's that's back in the Balkan, Balkans, everyone's killing each other area of the world again. And Spain, of course. Yeah, as, aside from the plains, very little rainfall. Dude, Porto is from Spain. Porto. Good wine, my friend. Isn't Porto Sweden. From, Porto's from Portugal. Oh, is it? Ha! <laughs> it totally is. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the name. Shit. Wow. Yeah. Sweden, home of some Sweden. of the world's greatest death metal. And world's greatest bikini team. Enough said. <laughs> really? That's all we got? Yeah, that's it. Switzerland is neutral, except when it yeah. comes to fondue. <laughs> they guard the Pope. I've never figured this out. The Swiss guard the Pope. Because they're Someone... neutral. They're never going to, you know, cack him. Yeah. What if the Pope takes a side? What about Turkey? What do you know about what Turkey? What about Turkey? If there's one thing that history teaches us, it is you don't mess with the Turks. <laughs> that's what I know about Turkey. I'm glad they're in NATO. I'm glad they're on our side. Wasn't Kaiser Soze from Turkey? He was. No, he was from Ukraine. Was he? Yeah, I think he was. Also home of Turkish coffee and Turkish delight, which actually they don't call Turkish delight anymore because... They call it royal with cheese? Yes. (laughs) Some kind of a slur. I did not know that. Ukraine? Yeah. Used to be part of the Soviet Union. Still, you got to give them the respect because they still got the nukes there. United Kingdom. England. Okay, what do we call? Why do they have so many names? The UK, Great Britain, England, Great Britain. I don't what? know. Give me one damn name. All I know is that it's the home of the new wave of British heavy metal. <laughs> it's all about metal for you. Iron Maiden and the yeah. single worst fucking American barbecue food in the world. Oh god. Oh my god. Until you've eaten in a London barbecue joint, you haven't truly died. <laughs> England is like the, the loyal older brother to like the younger retarded young Mongo brother that is the United States. It, it doesn't matter what kind of stupid ass fight we start. England is always there with our back, even when they know better. They're just you at some point England's gonna just stop defending us. You know, you know what? Mongo, you're you're a grown up now. <laughs> Get out of this mess yourself. But until that day, thank you, England. We love you. I don't know why you stick around with us, but uh, thanks. Okay, and finally, Vatican City. Holy see. Does that even count as a country? That's a city. I don't know. Why'd you put it it's on the list? church. I don't know. Because I spent like six seconds, maybe, looking for countries in Europe. All and right. that's what we got. So that's that's what we know about Europe. As, There's your Europe as show. As sorry as that is. <laughs> um... Tune in next time when we do our South America show. It should be a lot shorter. Either informative or entertaining or annoying. One of them. That said, we love to learn things here at the Bone Bat Show. So if any of our European listeners would like to educate us further, please give us a call at 425-296-6557 or email me at steve at bonehand.com. Okay, uh, Bone Bat Film Festival. Why don't we have a little bit of a sponsor update? We've had a number of new sponsors join us that we're really excited about. 
I am. I'm excited. First off, Comic Stop, my local comic book store, is providing us with a bunch of prizes to give away. We're I'm have so, so much fired stuff to give up about this. that. Yeah. So, Comic Stop in Redmond Town Center. This is where I keep my box, people. If you need to get comics on the east side, you go to Comic Stop. That's where you east go. East side? No kidding. Also, uh, Stalker Farms Field of Screams is sponsoring us. Oh, right on. So, you may remember from our Halloween episode last year, I took a tour of their awesome haunt, and uh, it was a great freaking time. And uh, once again, they're going to join us on the uh, Bone Bat Film Festival slate. So, very exciting. Also, Indie Flicks, which is a really cool website that does online film festivals. And so, what they're going to set up for us is a uh, slate of horror comedy that basically you'll be able to go on and watch them and vote on them. And the winner will be shown at the Bone Bat Film Fest on September 2nd. Yeah. Isn't that cool? That's cool. So, indie filmmakers out there, if you haven't already sent your film to us, you can also send shorts into Indie Flicks. Check them out. That's I-N-D-I-E-F-L-I-X. And finally, uh, our newest sponsor, Games and Gizmos in Redmond here, which is a fantastic game shop that I've actually been shopping at it for a couple of years. Uh, I've got a great selection of uh, games from big-name manufacturers and small independents as well. Full line of Warhammer and 40K, also War Machine, very great stuff. There's constantly games going on in there. Folks are playing. Uh, they got a great, knowledgeable staff. And everything from Dominion to dry brushing to Dungeon Masters and deck building, they know it all. Uh, they got a great gaming area for all your gaming needs, and with they have events every single night of the week. And an open game library and demo armies to try. So uh, bring your friends or come alone and get your geek on, man. Wow, that's a serious game. Yeah, it's a great store. I mean, I bought my copies of, like, Zombies there, bought a couple of other things, and it's a great store, and I'm really excited that they're joining us on the show. Now, speaking of games, I'd like to play a tune. This is Tabletop by Beefy. Thinking that I'm getting the good 
treasure, that's a great assumption. Back down with a power glove, for once we're gonna show this table up. Turn off the TV and grab some dice, this is how we roll mofo on Nerd Night. Nobody's trading with Beefy when we play some SOC. I tell them I got wood for sheep, they just make faces at me. We play some Ninja Burger, my car says I do a backflip. 3 a.m., but I don't care, my friend, you know it's time for conflict. Saturday night, I'm bringing skills here at the tabletop, so much better. Psycho babble, thanks to the net, I can't beat my friends in Portland and Seattle. We need three days for some risk. I'm trapped in Ukraine, I slash risk. But sit back, I don't get pissed. I'll win, cause I'm an optimist. Game of life, don't waste my time. I'd rather go back home and ride. I came here for some games and friends. I wipe the smudge from off my lids. Then I stand up on my seat, dispense this knowledge. I decree that nerd night is the greatest thing to happen to all of our lives. Right, here's the thing. I'm sorry, and I love you. Saturday night, I'm bringing skills here at the tabletop. So much better at my not believing at this nerdcore hip hop. I want that tongue, yaki, uno, and settlers to contend. And me, a 20 sided die. I'll show you who is the mayor. All right, and that was Tabletop from Rolling Doubles by Beefy. And the main man is joining us right now. How are you doing, sir? I am fantastic. Thank you for having me on the show, guys. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for joining us. Well, of course, I I, I felt the need that I felt the need that we I should be on here. I listened to last week's podcast, and you guys uh, made me feel good about myself, so I felt I should be here to uh, say thank you. <laughs> oh, you're very welcome. It's all about making you feel good about yourself, really. I was thinking so. I was I was looking at the description on the the podcast, and I was expecting to see. Also, we make Beefy feel good about himself, <laughs> as per usual. <laughs> Of course. Well, yeah, and I just caught you a couple of weeks ago at Frontalot here in Seattle, and that was a fantastic show at the High Dive. Well done, man. Well, thank you very much. I had a, I had a blast at that show. It was a whole lot of fun, and there was a whole lot of people. And uh, Billy the Fridge was there, and he was awesome. And yeah. And Lisa Dank performed, and then, of course, Frontalot was amazing. So it was a really, really fun show. Yeah, it was a cool show. And it just, I, I got to say, I'm totally impressed with how a guy can walk up with, you know, essentially a Walkman and just rock the fucking room like that. <laughs> just kind of from cold, you know, zero to 50. And it just starts the whole show out on a high note. It's fucking just awesome. Well, thank you, man. Like, uh, I think the, the people that surprises the most are the sound guys. Cause I walk up there and like, here's my iPhone. Uh, I'm here. It's on airport mode. Don't worry about it. And, uh, <laughs> Just plug it in, and then, like, you know, it comes pumping out, and I'm doing my thing, and usually at the end of the show, the sound guys are like, hey, man, that was really nice, and I, th I think it's because they really like the fact they don't have to do anything. I just push play, and my playlist goes and has all my breaks in there for me, so they can just go have a smoke or take a nap or whatever <laughs> they need to do. Yeah, it makes man, your I, job easy. You need to, like, show up at my job and do something like that for me. That's great. <laughs> that would be cool, wouldn't it? Here's everything that's going to happen. Just plug it in. Go. Right. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I still get paid, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. That's that's always that's always a perk. If I can do as little work as possible and still get paid, I'm a happy camper. Fantastic. Yeah, as much as possible. Of course. So, dude, how'd you get started in rapping? Um, I was I was big into the um, like Biggie Smalls and and Puff Daddy and Mason stuff growing up, and uh, in middle school, I was really into the Dirty South uh, music, like from the Hot Boys and Juvenile and cash money and no limit like for some reason that music was really cool to me and i think it was because i really liked the beats mm -hmm. but uh so when i was in middle school i was making all these you know hip-hop songs that sounded like i heard it on the radio and on mtv and i 
realized that wasn't really cool. And then um, one day I was singing Fett's Vet. I was watching C-Lab 2021. And at the end of one of the episodes, MC Chris is on there singing Fett's Vet. Yeah, and I nice. sing that at, yeah, and, and I, I'm singing that at my high school in my high school programming class, and they're like, some kid comes up and was like, "Oh, you like MC Chris?" And I was like, "MC who? Who the hell? Who the hell is MC Chris? This is from C Lab, you dork. What's wrong with you?" And he was like, "No, no, no. The guy's an MC Chris. He makes a lot of cool songs." And then from there on, I realized, "Oh my God, nerds can make hip hop, and it's it's okay. You can make hip hop that doesn't sound like you know gangster or violence, or you can say whatever you want." And it, finally clicked with me and mc chris was the first kind of influence i had listening to that and then since then i've just been trying to make music that doesn't suck so you're that's uh, a noble that's a noble goal right there i think that 90 percent of the bands out there do not have that in their mission statement it's always music. my goal i don't i don't always succeed to be fair but it's, it's always just that's what you're striving for that's what matters yeah i have that pl- it's a placard in front of my computer every time right so <laughs> don't suck love beefy <laughs> Well, I noticed that, that your early stuff did seem kind of more experimental as you were feeling your way, like the nerd EP. Yeah, I was I was kind of figuring out what the hell I was doing, and I, uh, you know, I had a shitty mic, and I just uh, just kind of went with it and was playing around and was just doing it as a hobby. And then, you know, the more you do it, the less you want to embarrass yourself. So, mm-hmm. and the more people that started listening, the more people I realized I realized, you know, I got to make this sound not terrible. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of stepped up the game and had some fun with it. Cool. And so then uh, Tube Technology was next? Yeah, then we did Tube Technology. That was just a bunch of beats I'd stolen or whatever and from the internet. And I got some from Doc Pop and I've gotten some from Tanner4105. And he was that was one of the, uh, or and DJ Snyder. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, you know, put some songs and I just really wanted just to collect them in one kind of package. And uh, people seemed to dig it. And after that, I was kind of established my fan base. And people really seemed to dig Tube Technology on that. Which uh, now I hate, but at the time people really seemed to like it. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. One of those songs that you know you always have to play, but oh, not a never again. No, it's just so dated <laughs> now and it's just so wrong. And just, it was really it was fun in the moment, but now I feel like I'm you know gonna, it's like making OJ Simpson jokes. You know, like you get it, but it's just it's not really topical anymore. Right, right. So what what's the deal with Grammar Club? Then that was kind of a little bit of a departure, right? Yeah, Grammar Club was, uh, me and Shell Riley had, he was uh, one of the first people I ever worked with um, on the internets. And uh, we'd done a lot of collaborations and we kind of got together with a bunch of other internet talented people and made the Grammar Club EP. And we're working on another one. It's just, it takes, so we have so many people and so, so many things, so many other projects going on that it's hard to kind of focus on on the side project. So we're, we're working on it right now though. We actually got a bunch of tracks done and we're going to uh, hopefully have an EP out before Nerdapalooza. Oh, cool! Yeah, so that's that's the whole. We're crossing fingers, and it's it's all up to me. I'm the lazy one, so I have to get hip hopping like real quick. <laughs> well, I mean, lazy, but you got a new album hitting right now, so yeah. It's well, Shell like, he doesn't care like that I have a new busy, album. Right? He's like, good, your album's done. Work on Grammar Club now. Go, oh. go, go, go. <laughs> so that was just an obstacle in the way of exactly. World He's like, all right, you happy being all popular now? All right, now go make Grammar Club. Go. <laughs> <laughs> So then in 2008, uh, Rolling Doubles, which is the first time I had heard you. Very That's cool. That's the first time stuff. a lot of people heard me. Yeah, I love Tabletop, <laughs> which uh, we just listened to. Also love You Can Call Me Beef. That's one of my favorite tunes in your catalog, dude. Oh, man, thank you. That was uh, Tanner Tanner 4105. He's in Austin, Texas, and he made both of those beats, and they were both so awesome. And we were in Rolling Doubles, we, we really played around with a lot of rock guitar and a lot of rock-influenced beats. And I, I really love Rolling Doubles still. I really think that was really fun. 
and a lot of those tracks. I'll still do. I'll, I'll do. I'll do. You can call me B Fat shows until I die. <laughs> until I'm an 80 year old rapper and I'm like, all right, guys, you can call me beef. Awesome. Even though I can't chew beef anymore, <laughs> it is physically impossible. Well, it is. You know, as a fellow Seahawks fan and stuff, hearing you give a shout out to Lofa Tatupu, that's pretty damn sweet. And that's all. I gotta say, if I, I will, I will hopefully go down as one of the only nerdcore rappers to ever reference a defensive, ba- <laughs> a defensive. Uh, uh, wow, I can't even yeah. think of his linebacker. Linebacker, God, what is wrong with me? I'm the only guy that's like referencing the Seahawks or football in general in Nerdcore <laughs> album, so I have to be that one. That's my weird oddity, my weird non-nerd thing, I guess. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of the Seahawks, and I, you know, watch every Sunday, and I'm, a, I'm just a giant fan, and I just can't help but geek out over sports in that weird yard. Yeah, I'm, I'm a season ticket holder, so I'm the same way. I'm a jealous man is what I am. <laughs> so, dude, tell us about With Sprinkles, man. How'd this all come together? And uh, just uh, what was the project like to put together? Um, I was sitting in a cubicle for a good part of the year after I was uh, done with Rolling Doubles. And slowly and surely, I just, you know, kept writing rhymes and just kept coming up with stuff. It just, you know, had other things going on. And then I started school. And so it was just kind of on the back burner for a long time. It was, uh, I was originally supposed to just do it with Tanner and, and C64, and then I started making a bunch of songs with Mustin, and like halfway through I decided, hey, I'm doing these two projects, why don't we just merge them, make one big one, and um, for some reason I thought that would make it easier, but it just, it made it much harder, and, uh, but we finally got it done, we finally took a long time, we got all the collaborations in, got all my things recorded, and uh, finally got it mastered and printed out. And I just actually got the physical CDs today. So t- this afternoon, I've been spending a lot of time stuffing envelopes. <laughs> yeah, I've really been enjoying it so far. I got to say, uh, you know, the, the early tunes we heard, uh, Geek Out, uh, Up, Up, and Away, which you opened the show with Front a lot with. Uh, just a really yeah. cool, that's got a really great positive vibe to it, which it I does, really does enjoy. It just, it's just fun times. Yeah, it really does. Uh, also, Smile Times is a lot of fun with uh, oh, yeah. Schaefer the Dark Lord. And who else is on that one? Shave of the Dark Lord and Epic One are on there, and I, uh, Epic One does a great verse, but I gotta say, like, my favorite verse on that is, and above my own, is, is Shave of the Dark Lords, because, you know, he's a guy that raps about, you know, he's like, he's like a metal version of a nerdcore rapper, and right, he's, yeah. you know, dark, and he's, he's, he's corrupting, and he's, he's awesome, and <laughs> in this, in this, in this track, he's like the happiest guy in the world, he couldn't be sunnier and, and brighter, and I love it. Yeah, and he, he's always so damn sharp too with his with his lines that you always just go, wow. Yeah, he's great he's way incredible. to put words together. I don't know how he does it. I want to steal that whatever that is. <laughs> I, will, I want to steal his essence. And you've also got dual core on the album, uh, Whitey Cracker, MC Large. You've again a bunch of really great collaborations. You've rounded up just every nerdcore rapper that doesn't start his name with MC. <laughs> Almost, man. I'm I'm working on it. I gotta get front a lot. That's my front a lot and Chris. So the last MC is on my list to grab, and then I can and then I'll have them. I'll have the whole collection. Well, you but, uh, you've worked with front a lot before, and you were actually on stage with him at PAX 2009, right? Yeah, I was on stage with him at PAX. He lets he let me do uh, um, Nerdcore Rising with him, which was cool. That was really and, good. Uh, yeah. It that was a blast. I I'd, I'd been on stage once before at PAX with Optimus Rhyme and. You know, it had been a while, and it was just as awesome and just as cool, and I had butterflies the whole time. <laughs> you still get nervous on stage, man? That's awesome. I get nervous on stage all the time. <laughs> I mean, at the like, you know, I put out a good front, but at the same time, like, I'm still like a shy kind of geek, you know? I'm a, I'm a nerd. I'm afraid everyone's going to hate me, and like, oh, my God, I'm not going to fit in. And, you know, two seconds in, everyone's like, yeah, screaming your name and, like, putting their hands up. Then, yeah, it's easy to kind of, oh, yeah, that's right. I don't suck. <laughs> but uh 
but before the show, it's like, oh my god, I'm gonna forget all my words, and this is gonna be a disaster, and I might, I might piss myself. That might happen. I'm not gonna rule that out. Do you ever have nightmares about about just things going totally wrong on stage? Constantly. I was talking to Billy Fridge about it, and I was like, he was like, you know what? I just I plan for the worst possible things to happen, and uh, once I once I have strategies for each one, um, I'm good to go. And I was thinking that's I was feeling the same way, and I think that's because we both grew up fat, and like we have to we have to prepare for every insult someone will throw at us. And then we can be prepared for our day. Right. So, so you get finished the end of song one. You're like, okay, the lights haven't fallen on me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone hasn't left. <laughs> it's a win so far. We just keep rolling. Yeah. And they didn't cut the mic off, so you know we're we're doing all right. Excellent. So, do you have tour plans, or what are you going to do with Wood Sprinkles? I have tour plans. I just um, they just stay in my head and become they're just fantasies more than plans. <laughs> but uh, but no, not really many tour plans. I mean, I got some shows coming up. Uh, we're gonna do Nerdapalooza, hopefully. Where's Nerdapalooza at for our listeners? Nerdapalooza is in uh, it's in Orlando, Florida, and it's July. I believe it was July 13th and 14th. Uh, I'll probably have to double check that. But uh, it's it's a really big music festival in in Orlando, and a bunch of nerdcore artists come out at you know all at one time. And July 17th and 18th is the day. Cool. But um, and it's it's a big festival. MC Frontlock goes out. MC Chris played it last year. Lars did it last year. Um, a lot of really, really cool people, and it's like a big, fun festival. Cool. Well, you hear that, Florida listeners? You got to get to this show. Yeah, and I'm also I'm, I'm tentatively titled tentatively titled to uh, to be doing a show in Seattle in July at, at something called Suck Films with Billy the Fridge. So um, and oh, cool. uh, Captain Spaulding. So I don't have the exact date on there yet, but uh, as soon as I get it, I'll be putting it on my website. Well, shoot us an email too, and we'll talk about it on the show. Cool. I don't know, man. Rival Film Festival. Fuck. Yeah, there is that, but we, we don't need to get into that right now. Right, we'll <laughs> rumble with another film fest. <laughs> I don't want any rumbling. I just I just want to put on a show and make people happy. <laughs> Pick a side. You're either with us or you're against us. Oh, man. Clink, clink, uh, clink. Suck films. Come out and play. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, dude. Man. We're going to have a big buildup and then nothing. I know. All right, dude. It's time. You know, you're a, you're a nerdcore rapper. It's time for you to face our geek questions of doom. No! Yes, are you ready? Okay. Yes. So if Martian Manhunter's been around since the 60s, where the fuck was he during Super Friends? Where the fuck was he? Um, protecting the galaxy <laughs> that they could not protect on Saturday mornings. Okay. Keep in mind, as always, there are no wrong answers. There's only stupid people. <laughs> oh, there's no right answers. There's only stupid people. <laughs> no, number two. The, the network the network wasn't ready for a green leading man, so they had to put So it was straight up racism? Yeah. Well, that's you know, I, I'm not going to be the one that says it. That's some bullshit right there. I'm going to imply it. <laughs> I'm going to call it for what it is. That's racism. They're anti-greenite. All right, man. Zombies. Running or shambling? Oh, God, I hope shambling. For the love of God, I hope shambling. I am way too delicious <laughs> for zombies to be fast. That is my new nightmare. So zombie movies never scared me until they started running. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. Cardio. I don't got it. Yeah, so do zombies somehow do. Oh, yeah. So, me off. so how many pairs of black panties has Frontalot collected on stage since the release of Goth Girls? I really hope, like, a hundred of them. <laughs> like... <laughs> I hear stories. I hear he's slaying mad chicks. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't have real figures, but uh, I'm gonna say Walt Chamberlain numbers. <laughs> Bam! Cool. That song's a lie. He's he's humped 
every single one. Not <laughs> haven't even humped one. He's humped every single one. I'm sure of it. I base this only on his legend. I actually don't have any facts, but <laughs> if I can start rumors for this guy, I, I can't imagine he'd hate that. Yeah, probably not. All right, Halo or Call of Duty? Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> I, I suck at Halo. It's only because I suck. I suck at both of them, but I suck at Halo a little more. So. Oh, I suck at Halo a lot more. So, sub question. Yeah. Which of your nerdcore brethren would you most like to have playing on your team in Deathmatch? Probably Int80. He seems like the guy that would probably play the most. Int80 of dual core. He seems like he'd have the most. He has the most like first person shooter experience, I think. Yeah. We don't have a like. We go to these shows. We don't have a lot of time to actually game and do all the nerd stuff we love to do. We just have to rap. So, but I think that's the. I think that'd be his his forte. All right. Three sixty or PS3. Oh, my girlfriend's going to hate me, but I love my 360. Yeah, yeah I like beefy. <laughs> <laughs> What's me too. Like? Shit. Okay, hottest chick with tentacles. Ula. Testicles Lia- what? Tentacles. <laughs> oh. Ula, Ula, Liara Tassoni, or Ursula the Sea Witch? <laughs> Ursula's just, that's a that's a big, beautiful woman right there. there but, yeah, uh, she, she's a big, beautiful, aquatic woman. I'm going to say Tassoni from, from Mass Effect, I think. That's what we're referring to, right? Yeah, that's the character. Yeah. I'm so you totally... you played Mass yeah, Mass good. Effect, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who'd you tap? <sighs> I got uh, I actually got the chick in the mask. What was her name? Did you? God, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I hit that. Yeah, I hit Ashley. I hit that hard. <laughs> I uh, I actually I messed up. I messed up when they had the, when Jack and Ashley had the fight. Uh-huh. Ended up with Jack, and I just I didn't like it because I felt it would be all hardcore, and then she's all sensitive and whatnot. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> That's not what you look for in a video game woman. That wasn't the experience I was expecting, <laughs> I guess. Very good. All right, and so finally, no Bone Bat Show interview would be complete without the question. What pisses you off, man? Uh, the internet pisses me off. With the new album coming out, I'm I'm constantly able to check Twitter and Google and see what people are saying about the album, and it's making me anxious, and I keep checking my emails, and I feel that the internet wasn't there, I wouldn't have these problems. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't the internet integral in your whole creation of the album and the distribution of it? Sometimes I just wish I just wish to be free, <laughs> free of the technology. I play Red Dead Redemption all day, and I think, yeah, times are better than the old west. <laughs> I could be a rancher. See, I, I, I blame the internet for causing my anxiety this week. <laughs> you know, Steve actually was a kind of a rancher in his youth, and I, I'm based just on me watching him work. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, fuck that for sure. Can't uh can't be doing labor in the middle of the sun for real. I can play yeah, it on like a video moving game. Moving sprinkler though. lines and oh man. Yeah, Steve moving, had moving to mow sprinkler lines like in 40 there. acres with a, a scythe or something. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, Horrendous. moving irrigation lines in a black iron maiden t-shirt. I was a genius. <laughs> 200 degrees in outside. The hot sun. Just, you just you just peel that shirt off slowly, get a diet coke, let it Run it, run it down your neck to cool off. Yeah, you know, the, the, live, the, like the, the livestock <laughs> was terribly impressed. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. We uh, really appreciate you taking the time. Oh, man. Thank you so much for having me on. And thanks for coming to that uh, the show. And hopefully the guys will come out to more shows and we can do more of these. Absolutely. So uh, you want to lead us into our next tune? Oh, yeah. This is uh, Geek Out from my album with Sprinkles. You can get it at beefy.bandcamp.com. And you can also check me out at beefiness.com. Boom. Geek out. Stay online for 20 hours. Geek out. Make a brand new superpower. Geek out. Keep up on the latest movie news and peep your little website till you get about a billion views. Geek out. Write a fanfic, sorry, predator. Geek out. Meet your friends or roll a character. Geek out. Find the 
address I'm just reading You can go through all this trash and find the things that he's been eating Geek out! Make a joke, then blame the government Don't act like you don't like it, cause I know you do a little bit huh? I'm not exactly the type to take some action Go online and join a faction, level up to satisfaction Not for me, but I love you if you do it Down in carbonated fluid, while you're rolling up a druid I don't care about an idol, I'm not dancing with the stars But I'm 444, my love, Veronica Mars Waffle at the office and we cringe on Michael Scott Open up a sushi bar, call it walking like it's hot Slamming like I'm Bam Bam, mini like I'm Sandman Keep a silly ninja, cause I'm beating up the foot clan Call me being grim, cause you know that I rock Don't call me TV links, there's no way that I'll stop Can't contain me in a comment, cause I break through every panel Bowl of fruity pebbles, then I'm logging on the strip to channel Geek out! Stay online for 20 hours Geek out! Make a brand new superpower Geek out! Keep up all the latest movie news And your little website till you get about a million views Geek out! Write a fanfic, sorry predator Geek out! Meet your friends or roll a character Geek out! Find the address of Colbert and try to make them love you just by beating up a bear Geek out! I'm the Nurko superhero dude Copy if you want to, but it's lame and it's understood Pray for your soul if you ever call me fatty to a Transform into a big daddy and your girl's my little sister I'll protect her and I love her if the shop don't have my comics Pack it up and find enough Hey yo, GTA 4's got me talking like a Russian Ate a bunch of Reese's Pieces and we Wash it down with Tussie Like my name was Cassie Ride, I got nothing to lose Please don't punch me, ain't no pitch because I'm easy to bruise I hit snooze, hit booze while I'm looking at news And joke with all my buddies about the secrets of the ooze Geek out, you really like it? Geek out, if you're a nerd like my name was Gigahertz Dude, I'm totally absurd A jack of all trades and a fan of every hobby You don't know it, I'm on fire like my name was Ricky Bob Geek out, stay online for 20 hours Geek out, make a brand new super Powers. Geek out! Keep up all the latest movie news and peep your little website till you get about a billion Geek out! Write a fanfic, sorry predator Geek out! Meet your friends or roll a character Geek out! Find the address of B. Thompson, tell him he's the best assistant Then tell him that you love him Geek out! Got a 20 cider in my hand, tiny dwarf figurine Then he's on the mic, a man just light a torch while I take on these orcs Man, it's really not a party, just a roof full of dorks Glad you like your fighter, but no way that you can beat me Cause I rock my own style like my name was Dan Hobiki Walk into the club and I pick up the mic Kids holding up the wall yelling, Nerco for life! Such a freaking gob and I'm on a blog. If I could get a date with you, know I would give up my job. Fertile she's pretty and she's bad to the bone. Smile and I say I love her on a hamburger phone. Hey, to see Iron Man again and again. Convince myself that me and Tony Stark could totally be friends. Nerds everywhere, raise your fist to be proud. Tell the rest to shut their mouth and prepare to geek out. Geek out. Stay online for 20 hours. Geek out. Make a brand new superpower. Geek out. Keep up all the latest movie news and peep your little website till you get about a million Geek out. Write a fanfic, sorry predator. Geek out. Meet your friends or roll a character. Geek out. Oh, the children of the night. What music they make. Oh, that one sounds like heavy metal to me. <laughs> Want to join the party? Crypticon, the Northwest's premier horror convention. June 18th through the 20th. The Holiday Inn in Everett, Washington, will be filled to bursting like an alien seed pod ready to spawn. They have movies, a costume contest, a room full of booths selling the finest macabre merchandise. It will be a bloody good time. (laughs) Just talking about it makes me thirsty. More info via Twitter at Crypticon, that's C-R-Y-P-T-I-C-O-N, on the Crypticon website at www.crypticonseattle.com, or find us on Facebook. Once again, that was Geek Out by Beefy. That was fucking cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Again, you can pick up the CD at beefy.bandcamp.com. 
Also, uh, you can check his stuff out at beefiness.com. And there, there's a, he's got a number of releases there that you can download for free. You also can buy uh, Rolling Doubles off iTunes. So there's, there's lots of stuff to buy and be had. And as you can tell, the music is great. And the guy's got a fantastic flow. He, just, he raps so fast. I love that. I love guys who are verbally nimble. That's really cool. Verbally nimble. That's a very good way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right, dude. Multimedia triage. Multimedia triage, dude. I finally did it. I finally finished. Is this it? Under the are dome. we finally going to give the listeners what they've been waiting for for like two months? God, it's like I, yeah, it's like a kidney stone I could never pass. That thing. <laughs> Under the dome by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. You got a quick synopsis. A quick synopsis. A uh, small New England town where not everything is as hunky-dory as you might imagine it should be because there's your basic corrupt local politician. Domed. Yes, domed. <laughs> Suddenly it's domed by an impenetrable, invisible dome, which turns the whole story into a really long version of Lord of the Flies, except for the adults instead of kids. <laughs> right. And uh, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I want to actually go through the plot point by no, point you, but you there, that, that, there's the as one might expect there just happens to be a special forces drifter you know retired military guy that happens to be in town and he's on con in contact with the outside world and he's trying to get the dome de-domified but the local politician powers that be that are pulling the strings in the town now cut off from the outside world try to become absolute dictators and and run the dome and there there's killing and there's there's unfairness and there's a whole lot of methamphetamine and uh things uh, wind up to a fevered pitch with about 16 17,000 pages into it <laughs> <laughs> at which point Stephen King suddenly just kind of goes and then that's the end and there's some like marginal explanation of where this dome came from why it's there and how they get rid of it so, and almost everybody dies I mean, so it's 1,150 pages long. I, I got to say, I thought it was probably King, some of the best prose writing of King's career. What? Good good writing, good turns of phrase, the way he puts things. There's one point where a woman hits the brakes and flies through her car windshield, and the phrase was like her intestines were trailing behind her like streamers. Like streamers, yeah. Just really evocative turns of phrase throughout the book. Okay. There's one okay. point I will where, give you that. where Dale I will Barbara... Give you that the, he, he did a good job. But assume, well, hold like on. I'm not finished yet. Shut the fuck up. Oh, so Dale fuck, Barbara, the, the hero, is, mm. is locked up in prison. And there's a point where... Like the one, the guards are fucking with his food, and one of them flicks a booger on the cereal, and he describes it in detail to a level that I couldn't eat cereal for a week without thinking. <laughs> of it. it was I disgusting, eat for a week. and it <laughs> and it was. I mean, this is what you look to King for. It, the way he put things was great. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't know if it was the best of his career, but it, I'm it saying the best nice writing, not back. the best plot necessarily, but the best his his right craft, the craft of writing. He was on top of his game. Yeah, he he wrote well, but he still didn't have that sort of that rolling Old Testament rhythm that he had in his early books, where he would just there was a certain bounce and rhythm rhythm and thump to the language that would just that would propel you along. It was a much more visceral deep read his old stuff and this was well written so the, the kind of, of 
the kind of rhythm that made you skip through the Peter Straub chapters and the talisman. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But I don't know. It's hard for me to discuss under the dome and in the way King writes and not like go right into Dan Winslow's savages because when I was reading savages, I kept thinking, God, this guy's rolling. This guy is writing the meter and, and the feel of his language is right up there with Stephen King. When Stephen King is doing good or, Hunter S. Thompson, when when Hunter Thompson was really on a roll. Right. Well, wasn't it interesting how in Savages, the narrator had a point of view? The narrator had a point of view, which would constantly shift. It was sort of a floating point of view, independent, and then between characters. But, yeah, but it wasn't the character's point of view. It was like an omniscient narrator, but the the narrator had opinions about things. Yeah, but like the, the opinions way that things. the narrator had would sort of flow in with different characters, too. It was almost like he was halfway in the minds of some of the characters, depending on what was being described. It was a really, really well-written book. And when Dan Winslow's book, Savages, hits the market, which I think it hits for real, like right about now, you got to read it. It slight departure in style from his other stuff. He, it was like he was channeling E.E. E. Cummings or something. He was trying a little too hard to be a little too cool sometimes, but oh man, what a it was a great story. Super fast read. I told Wound you. Yeah, up. Oh man. His prose yeah. is tight. Yeah, if you go back and you read the very first chapter of Dawn Patrol, and it's a chapter about the birth of a wave as it rolls across the ocean. Read that and how it flows. This book, Savages, like almost the whole book flows like that. Yeah, it's a great fucking book. Highly recommended Savages by Dan Winslow. So, Under the Dome. I mean, personally, I wasn't happy with the end. I thought the end was kind of bullshit in a couple of ways that it didn't pay off like I wanted to. Big Jim Rennie, the the villain of the piece, is an absolute fucking prick the whole book. and. I didn't feel like he got his comeuppance at all. He did not. Well, he essentially, I felt him. like he got away with all of his actions through the entire book. And that didn't sit well with me because usually King is a moralistic sort of writer. You know, from the from the EC comics, Tales from the Crypt sort of mentality that, you know, bad things happen to bad people. And I didn't feel like that necessarily happened here. Plus, the ending, the, where the dome came from, I thought was kind of a... I don't know. Is a cop out. It made the end of it look like genius. No, it was better than the end of it. I don't think so. That was because at worst least the end ever. of it was a salute to H.P. Lovecraft. I don't get the point. What that was supposed to be in Under the Dome. So anyway, would you suggest people read it? No, Jesus Christ! You could have. I could have read so many other books in the time I took to read that, and I would have been so much happier. <laughs> I took so much more pleasure out of the. Dan Winslow novel, it took me like one sixty-fourth of the time to read than reading Under the Dome. Under the Dome would have been a cool short story, okay. and it wasn't a short story. Okay. I would say, you know, I, I enjoyed the read, but yeah, your point's well taken. I could have read a lot of shit in that time. Okay, Iron Man 2. We both saw that. Yeah, liked it. It wasn't as good as the first one, but didn't expect it to be as good as the first one. I'm, I expect I'm still liking the Iron Man series. I, I'm really liking the Iron Man series. I'm really looking forward to what's coming next. Can um, you say? No, nah, I, I won't spoil it, but stay till the end of the credits. because there's Yeah, the very, 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 very end. There's something pretty sweet. Um, I, I thought in the middle there was a segment where it kind of dragged, where, you know, again, you've got the thing from the first thing that Tony Stark's heart's killing him, and he's burning through 
palladium too fast and is poisoning him and he's going to die. But you never see him really working on the problem. He says that he's gone through everything, but you never see him working on it, so that's sort of annoying. The villain, Whiplash, is kind of feels like a second-tier villain. Oh, no, man. Mickey Rourke did a great job. He did, but did just... He was the best actor in that movie. He was The acting was fine, but I just I wasn't too impressed with the, the villain himself. He wasn't, you know, a Doctor Doom-level villain, like a really great, gripping villain. Or like a Red Skull would be for Captain America. And I mean, what it, what it comes down to, I think, is that Iron Man doesn't really have that great of villains. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, in the scheme of things. So that, that's all I can guess, is that you know, there's only so many choices with him where he can go. But the movie was great. When he finally starts, every battle scene is fucking riveting and exciting and gripping. And throughout, you know, when he finally gets together with War Machine for the big blowout at the end, that was awesome. Yeah, that was very cool. So I really liked the movie. But uh, yeah, there was a little part that I thought it dragged a little. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's her name? The uh, Black Widow. What? What's the actress's oh. name? The girl that's so hot I can't completely forgotten her name. I'd uh, love to look at her, but she's not an action hero and should not be given any more action hero roles because that didn't work. You, know you compare her to that scene where she goes through all the guards to the scene in Kick-Ass where the little 11-year-old girl goes through all the guards. The, the little 11-year-old girl is way better than... Speaking of that, I just I saw Kick-Ass last week as well. Ah, all right. I, really, I loved it. It was great. Good. And I, I, what, what I was taken by, because I'm coming totally cold. I have not read the graphic novel or anything like that. And I had, like, an expectation of it as a superhero movie. Because there's this guy, you know, kick-ass, who basically, he has no powers and nothing. He's in our real world, and he decides to take it upon himself to become a superhero. And yeah. you feel like he's going to suddenly, he's going to overhit time in his experience. He's be- going to become competent at it. And he really never does. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was really cool. They, it never went there. That he was getting by as best he could, but he was never an effective superhero by any way, shape, or form. Yeah, that movie, it took a, a lot of different, you know, unconventional superhero directions, and I liked it a lot. So what else you got? You know, I finally saw Date Night, the Steve Carell, Tina Fey movie. Yeah? It was funny. Really? It was funny. You know, a lot of people were saying that it looked like shit or it was terrible. No, it was funny. Rent it. I can't say that your life will be better for seeing it or your life will be worse for missing it but i give it a pass yes yeah, i laugh that's the kind of thing I, I would not go to the theater to see i don't know yeah my wife really wanted to see it and so so i went because i just like the night before i went and saw iron man 2 without her so it was definitely her turn to pick the movie <laughs> that makes sense yeah so could have done a lot worse what else okay okay so, you know what else i saw what's that? and this is my fault this is entirely my fault i saw naked states what is that i didn't heard of that all right, you know who Spencer, Spencer Tunnick is? No, I don't. Yeah, he's this, quote, artist, a photographer, whose claim to fame is he take pictures of large groups of naked people in public places. Really? Yeah, so he, he got arrested a few times in New York, and he got like 50 people on the steps of a library. And he his like goal, the whole documentary that this movie was, was to go to all 50 states... In every state, take pictures of nudes in public. Of, like, f- at least 50 people? Or how many people did he have to take No, like, in, he he was out in the middle of, like, the Corn Belt, and he got, like, one waitress underneath the... Oh, I know, in Fargo. He's in Fargo, and he gets, like, one woman to, to pose beneath a great big sign that says Fargo. And the guy's kind of a freak. There's one scene where he's at a fish concert, fish show, I guess you could call it, 
and they they kind of push it. They they promote it there at the show, and he gets like eleven hundred naked people all like laying down in this gigantic line of of naked whiteness and takes their picture. And it was a weird movie. It was a really weird movie. The only part of the movie that I can honestly say I really really am glad that I witnessed was. He gets invited to take pictures at an actual nudist colony, and has like the shittiest time there of all places. Like the people are all rude to him, and he's all freaking out because he's naked and he can't deal with it. And that that part was like funny. The rest was more just kind of a freak fest. Watching it go, what really? But I guess it worked out for him because now he's an actual legit artist. Artist sells work and does it in, all over the world. So was it entertaining? Or- yeah, it was entertaining enough to like keep on the television, but once again, eh, definitely <laughs> weird. Probably the weirdest thing I've watched in a long time. So I, I actually saw this week uh, on pay per view. Julie and I watched George Romero's Survival of the Dead, which is the, yeah. the latest Romero zombie film, and so it's it's kind of a, a strange fucking little film. So it starts out, uh, the, the previous movie, Diary of the Dead, there was like this half-assed paramilitary organization that, that shakes down the heroes for a bunch of their gear and in just a small scene, and then they, they go off. And the, this movie takes up with that paramil- paramilitary group. And hmm. so it starts with them in a camp, and then they end up falling in. At the same time, there's like these two Irish families off the coast of Delaware, I guess, called Plum Island. They're on the Plum Island. And there's these two Irish families who have been warring like the Montagues and Capulets for generations. <laughs> Whoa, once again with the Shakespeare reference. Yeah, I know. What is this episode about? So uh, anyway, so one of the guys, the, the patriarch of the one clan gets kicked off the island and he bumps into this paramilitary organization and tells them essentially that Oh, I know a great place to get away from the zombies. Come to Plum Island. And so the military organization goes back there, and he's reunited with his clan for a great big standoff in zombie country. So the film looks pretty cool. The film has some cool zombie deaths. The film has uh, a great vibe to it, and I love the like Irish lilt as these people talk. But the script itself is pants on head, ice cream headache, just stupid. It is the stupidest script you've ever read. And any word that ever comes out of a woman's mouth in the film is idiotic. The women are written so poorly. For an example, the first one of the women in the military group is introduced to us in the opening scene as she's fingering herself in the Jeep. While they're sitting there and she's writhing around. Now, I don't know. I'm under the impression that women are pretty sophisticated creatures. They could probably orgasm without moving anything more than an eyelid. So the, the whole writhing around, you know, moaning thing is so absolutely unnecessary. And it starts out the entire movie with this vibe of, what the fuck? That never lets up. And I mean, there's this one woman who's like the daughter of the patriarch who rides a horse around Plum Island, right? All right. She's riding the horse around, and then she becomes a zombie, 
and there's a zombie riding the horse around, but evidently they liked that actress. So then out of the blue, they introduced that, oh, well, she had a twin sister who's still alive. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? It makes no sense. So I enjoyed the movie, sort of, but the script was prohibitively dumb, so it kind of ruined it for me. So, you know, take that what you will. If you like, if you're a Romero fan, you're going to see it anyway. Go see it. If you're not, don't bother. But I, I mean, and, and, and finally, we saw it on pay per view. It was 10 bucks on pay per view, twice Damn. the price of any other pay per view movie. Most pay per views are $4.99, and this was $9.99. So that was bullshit. Yeah, that's a, that's a hefty fee for a pay per view. But speaking of zombies, I did see another film that I was much more pleased with. I, uh, last week, Blue Underground sent me on Blu-ray the film City of the Living Dead by uh, Lucio Fulci. Yeah. I mean, this is a film from, like, I think 1980. The Blu-ray treatment, it looks spectacular. It's totally crisp. And it's it's a Lucio Fulci film, so it's got, like, this weird dream logic to it where there's, like, creepy, slimy zombies. Basically, here's here's how it starts. It starts out with this priest is walking through a graveyard and he commits suicide in a graveyard in Dunwich, which is, you know, a town from Love HP Lovecraft fiction. Yeah. So <laughs> the horror he commits himself. So he commits suicide in this graveyard and it opens the gates of hell. So Oops. zombies start rising. And so there's this group that is uh, having a seance and this one woman, something happens in the seance where they see this suicide and basically, she gets so freaked out, she goes comatose, and they think she's dead. So she gets buried, and then she wakes up in the tomb and starts screaming. And so then uh, Christopher George, I think his name is, uh, comes in, uh, hacks the coffin open with a pickaxe, like barely missing her head, and frees her. And they, they get a group together, which goes to try to close the gates of hell. Lots of really slimy, oogie-looking zombies that, and it's freaky because it's got like this kind of logic where some of them are ethereal. They can't touch you. But then some of them are and can kill you. And so you kind of don't know as you're going through the film. And it's, it's sort of surreal and it doesn't always make perfect sense. But it's pretty damn cool. And it looks great. And it's, ups, it's you know, unsettling the way he did this. It's just a really, really well done Italian horror film. I, I really dug the shit out of it. I had a great time watching it. Hmm. It's got a ton of uh, extras, you know, interviews with the actresses who worked with uh, Fulci and stuff like that. Uh, you know, uh, how the gore was done. There's a scene where a guy takes a drill press through the head. That's absolutely that fucked up, right. And they show how that was done in an interview with the actor and stuff. And so, just a cool film. If you're a, a fan of zombie movies and of you know, uh, Italian horror. This is a must buy. Pick up City and Living Dead. It looks great. That's pretty much it. Uh, I saw Doctor Horrible finally. Oh, about time! Did you like it? I did. I really enjoyed it. That was a fun, Good. a fun film. I've got a question for you though. What did All you right. make of the ending? Julie and I have been arguing about this a little bit. Ending was great. No, no, no. But what did it mean? At the end, he says that he'll never be hurt or whatever, and then it cuts to him sitting his computer in street clothes. And he's never been, Dr. Horrible's never been in street clothes except for at the laundromat the whole film. Even when he's been in his computer, he's always been in his Dr. Horrible garb. So I took that to kind of a mean that the whole thing was like a, a geek fantasy. Julie thinks it really happened. No, what, I think it really happened. What did you think? 
So, but then why did he have him change what he was wearing for that final shot? Like, that was obviously a, a thought out, you know, he was saying something by doing that. I actually didn't even notice that, to tell you the honest to God truth. Huh. I noticed well, how he changed, you know, into the red Dr. Horrible costume. And he was, you know, he was there with the League of, what was it, Evil League of Evil. Like, he'd been let in, but I didn't. I didn't notice that uh, that last little bit there. All right. Well, if any of you uh, listeners have any thoughts on it, you know, shoot me a line. Let me know. 425-296-6557. Uh, I, I would be interested in somebody else's take because, you know, Julie and I have been going back and forth on it. I really enjoyed it, though. I thought it was a fun film. Yeah, they're making a sequel, you know. Are they? I did not know that. Yeah. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. All right, dude. Filthy jokes. Filthy jokes. Let's do this, thing. Let's do this thing. So this woman, she's prescribed male hormones because she has a rare heart condition. And after a few weeks, she becomes concerned about some of the side effects that she's experiencing. So she goes to the doctor and she says, you know, doc, the the hormones really help my heart, but I'm afraid that I'm concerned about the dosage. I think you're giving me too much. I mean, I've started growing hair in places I've never grown it before. And the doctor reassures her and says, well, you know, a little hair growth is going to be, it should be expected due to the increased testosterone in your system. But where exactly is this hair appeared? On my balls. <laughs> yeah, that's too much. All right. A cowboy and his new bride check into a motel. Okay. The cowboy explains to the desk clerk that they are just married that morning. The clerk asks him, oh, well, would you like the bridal? No, thanks. The cowboy answers. I'll just hold her by the ears till she gets a hang of it. <laughs> the bridal. You the see bridal. this spelled differently. Yeah. I get what you did there. It's a pun. That's good. Thank you. All right. Well, thank yous. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to Beefy. Thanks so much, man, for joining us again. That thank was you, awesome. Beefy. And I'd like to thank Blue Underground for sending over City of the Living Dead. And one last thing before our normal bullshit, I'd like to say, rest in peace, Ronnie James Dio. Diver down. Diver down. Holy diver. <laughs> You're right. Diver down was Van Halen. This is Van Halen. You embarrass me, dude. You seriously embarrass me. Oh, God. You know what? I really don't care about Ronnie James Dio. because you're an asshole. Yeah, that's probably why. Okay, usual bullshit. The usual bullshit. The usual bullshit. Usual bullshit. The usual bullshit. Uh, usual once, bullshit. A, once again, our voicemail line is 425-296-6557. We'd love to hear from you. Or you can email us at steve at bonehand.com. Uh, got new content on bonehand.com every Sunday. And there's a new cartoon on mightywombat.com once a week if I feel like it. You can follow me on Twitter at Mighty underscore Wombat. And DavisLifeMagazine.com continues to feature a monthly column by me. Although they stopped doing the photograph stuff before it even really got going, so you won't see pictures by me. <laughs> okay, good enough. You can or follow on me on uh, Twitter as well. I'm Bonehand there. You can also join us on the Bonehand forums if you want to chat. If you like what we do, we do appreciate reviews on iTunes, votes on Podcast Alley, or better yet, please tell a friend. Uh, the Film Festival tickets continue to be on sale. We sold a few more this week. Fantastic. Nice. You're not going to want to wait until the last minute, folks, to buy tickets no. for this. The tickets, we are going to sell this out. So 
Fair warning. Get your tickets early. Get going for PAX early. Something to do right before PAX. You're going to be there. You're going to be all excited for PAX. What to do. Pace around your apartment and wonder, wait till tomorrow? No. You're going to go to the Film Fest, the Bone Bat Film Festival. See some great, scary, funny horror movies. You're going to see some good rock and roll. Eat some pizza, get some drinks, get some prizes. Then you go to PAX the next day. It's going to be a great time. September 2nd, 2010. Please join us. And as always, thank you for listening. So our closing tune tonight from Beefy. You can call me Beef. But actually, you can call me Steve. You can call me Gord. Have a good one. You know it. Specific. I'm not great, dude. I'm terrific. Yo, I've been here before. In the 509, I'm causing walls. 206, I hit the blitz like low for the trooper was in the mix. Huh? Straight new core rap machine. Running shit like Commander King. Call me up if you're 18. I'm only me without caffeine. So if I don't get my fix, send y'all down the river sticks. Tell Sharon, I said hi, ladies. Beefies in short supply. So get him while you can. Boyfriend, baby, leave that man. Should it be a hard decision? You're the witch and I'm the vision. Now we can figure out all the silly things we can joke about your wife got skill and i've got power badass just like mc rider beefy's got killer flow tell me something i don't know riders know to pop the glock while beefy's playing bioshock welcome to the circus of value and i can tell you right now that if i got me my plasms i'll take you out with some trap you're in for a treat moving all Explode, unbeatable like battle toes. Empty out that tattoo bottle, then adventure life will throttle. Sour like lemonade, only need two coins for this arcade. Spend all day on NBC, the sequel, home slice naturally. I don't know what I found, but I know that I hold it down. Nerdcore might be what y'all call it, can't get enough like an alcoholic. I hear them cry and plead, can't stop singing, play with me. Tabletop stuck in my head, we love beefy from A to Z. What can I say? With just one hook, I can make your day. Just one verse, I can make your year. Like Killface, I will destroy your ear. Not with teeth, with my sound. My magic is world-renowned. And with every side I visit, I make each domain so exquisite. Other rappers whisper curses, but still begging me for verses. All powerful like Zeus, like Xander Cruz, dude, I am boosh. Ladies love to fill my wubs and giggle go while we're watching scrubs. I'm a spaz just like JD and erotic too, like Dr. Reed. You're in Boom. Just like that. And then explosions. Boom. <laughs> cool. All right. We're done. Our techniques. Our techniques.